This week on Big Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Manichis. Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, it's our Thanksgiving episode, the first. First annual. The first annual Thanksgiving. Actually, I mean, we're we're sort of taking an idea that we've done in the past, which is uh, talking about records that came out during the year that have some sort of connection or, or even if they don't, uh, to, to what we do, eighties, nineties, uh, music and talking about new stuff that came out. We're also adding reissues and this year because of, um, the world around us and its current state, we thought it'd be fun on, on the evening before Thanksgiving to, uh, just invite everybody on and talk about what records they're thankful for this year, whether they're new records or old ones or what have you. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff that came out this year that I'm thankful for that got me through a lot of different parts of the year. Uh, just being able to put the headphones on and escape for 45 minutes. So uh, to do this uh, episode, of course, we had to call on our Patreon community, our friends from past roundtables and episodes and um, they're joining us here. Welcome back to the show, Chip Midnight, Ryan Allen, Marissa Buxbaum. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey, hey. The gang's there, all here. <laughs> yeah, the gang's all here. Are, are, um, are you the only uh, people we know that still listen to new music? Is that what we're talking about here? I hope not. No, there's some people at Patreon, but they're in the UK and it's 2 a.m. there. So they weren't able to make it. So they left some comments. So we'll get to them. Um, And, you know, like I said, we've done this before. This is the first year, however, that we actually kept a calendar of all the new releases that we could dig up out in the world. There's a lot. There was a lot of music, yeah. I think uh, uh, keeping track of this made made me even appreciate it more. How just much... keeping track of Guided by Voices albums is tough <laughs> year to year. So I know. got it on lock. I got it on lockdown. Don't worry. Okay. I'm going to need you to rank them uh, and then also <laughs> do a song ranking of their top 90 songs this year. That's, a, that's like... another that's another podcast, man. <laughs> you, you know, the other band that's, that's going to catch up to Guided by Voices is that King Gizzard. Oh yeah, the wizard. They they put out like three hundred albums in the last three or four years. They just put a they put a new one out like last week, I think. I th- I feel like they're in a in a running battle with Bob Pollard, and um and who's the guy? Is it Ty Siegel who's got like fifteen oh, yeah. bands? Oh yeah, and he's always got stuff coming out. Um, they're all they're all in a competition to uh to run the uh the most songs written over the course of a career uh, gamut. So 
I'm just going to throw it out there. What did, you, what did you guys enjoy this year? What were the records that lifted your spirits throughout the year? And you were like, thank God this came out. I needed this. Marissa, I'll start with you. Oh, gosh. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, on the spot. Does it have to be something that was released in 2020? Can it be something that was rediscovered in 2020? Can it be both? It could be. Bo- it could have been from an episode we did and it was just something we mentioned casually for 30 seconds. And you were like, I've never heard of that. And then it could be anything. It could be during um, this dark, awful year, anything that made you think, God, thank God I have this album. Exactly. Um, I, I will say that despite not being a Fiona Apple person, I think the last time I had listened to Fiona Apple prior to this year was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters was a big thing for me. She's not an artist I, I'm all that into ordinarily, but um, I think because it was so far afield from what I usually listen to, and because it was such a, a an involved record, I mean, there's there was no way for me to passively listen to it. Um, having that come out, I think it was like right when the pandemic started. It was maybe a month into lockdown that I first heard it. And I was having trouble listening to a lot of other bands, a lot of the stuff I would typically listen to because I just felt besieged by um, loss, this sense that, you know, these bands that I had been planning to see live, like Supergrass or Soul Wax or Sloan or all of them, you know, all these tours had been postponed or canceled and so to just be able to dive into something that didn't have those associations and to have it be something that required like almost a meditative degree of attention it really took me out of some of the despair that I was feeling when uh when shit really hit the fan so I'm I'm very grateful for that record I listened to a lot I listened to it a lot at the start of um, of the stay-at-home order, and I should really revisit it again. And I feel like it's absolutely criminal that Fiona did not get an Album of the Year nomination for the Grammys mm-hmm. this year. I used to march down the windy, windy sidewalk, slapping my leg with the riding crop, thinking it made me come off so tough. I didn't smile because a smile always seemed rehearsed. I wasn't afraid of the bullies, and that just made the bullies worse. In class, I'd pass the time, drawing a slash for every time the second hand went by. A group of five done 12 times was a minute, but Shamika said I had potential. 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 Hurricane Gloria in Excelsis Dale That's my bird and my tree My dog and my man and my music is my holy trinity Hurricane Gloria in Excelsis Dale That's my bird and my tree My dog and my man and my music is my holy trinity Was your use of criminal in that statement a pun? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was not deliberate, but now that you mention it, I'm going to retroactively claim that it was, you know, a, a reference. All right, Ryan. What lifted your spirit? What what discovery, <sighs> new or old, lifted your spirits this year and we're thankful for? Oh, man. I have so much to talk about. 
Um, <laughs> I can't really say that. I mean, there's a ton of bands that I feel like I discovered this year. Um, I'll just kind of list them. Disc is one, D-I-S-Q, uh, that put a record out on Saddle Creek. That's kind of like a, just a really good young band, guitar rock, you know, nothing like boundary breaking, but kind of got a little Beatles vibe to it here and there, but also like a pavement kind of weird, weird kind of guitar thing going on. Um, I really liked that, that Biba Doobie album, which is like super nineties, like all like, you know, Brook Assault kind of uh, thing happening there. Um, Thank you for pronouncing that. I, I think that's what it is. Um, uh, second Grade is another band that I kind of um, stumbled upon, which put like a, speaking of Pollard, like a very like Pollard-esque 20 plus song record out that has like a teenage fan club kind of thing. Um, gosh, uh, Peel Dream Magazine is another band that I, I got into this year. That's a sort of My Bloody Valentine stereo lab kind of um vibe and then uh a band that i've been listening to a lot lately who just signed a sub pop art uh from canada called kiwi jr it's super pavement but um there's uh i think there's a member of that band always um that plays with them so a lot of just you know like very i mean it's it's still in the wheelhouse of i think what the show is about which is like kind of indebted to the 90s but you know um a lot of young bands doing writing great songs and making great records using kind of the guitar as sort of their main approach. Um, and then I just, I have to, I have to put it out there that because, you know, it was mentioned already. I, I, I have always been a guided by voices fan. I love guided by voices, but they're an incredibly, uh, it, it takes a lot of uh, patience, attention, and also uh, money if you're gonna buy Guided by Voices records, um, to to really dive into to that that world and and be sort of a super fan and um, you know I I I love them ever since I was 15, but certainly you know it was tough to keep up over the years. But I took this opportunity, working from home, having my records at my disposal, and just dove headfirst back into their world and ended up ordering a uh, plethora of GBV related albums over the, the course of the, the uh, lockdown and uh, just kind of rediscovering Pollard um, and his sort of genius, his solo records, even like Tobin Sprout records too. just, you know, I mean, you could, the, the, the lockdown, it was perfect for, for a rediscovery of that nature because there's a lot of shit to, to listen to. Do you, do you have a favorite between uh, Surrender Your Poppy Field and Mirrored Aztec? I kind of lean towards Mirrored Aztec because it's mm -hmm. a little bit more conventional and just like more song oriented. I, I think that the stuff on Poppy Field is really fun to listen to. And, you know, the band sort of stretches out and, and really like flexes that muscle. And I, and I saw them on that tour, uh, or I guess the tour that would have been right before that. Um, and they were, you know, so good. And I've seen them a bunch of times, you know, but um, they still got it, you know, and they still do what they do. And um, my my utmost respect to uh, Uncle Bob and his <laughs> ability to continue to crank out the jams. Um, he's my guy. Yeah. And I believe there's a third album coming soon. Uh, so uh, there is. 
<laughs> Styles we paid for coming December 2020. Uh, he's he's got just an endless well, and uh, we're all better off for it. I see Phil Fleming has joined us. Uh, looks like he's uh, tagging into the ring for the uh, for the Thanksgiving Slam showdown. Uh, <laughs> he's connecting with audio. He is connected think, with audio. I think Survivor Series was the uh, WWF um, Thanksgiving event. Was it? In the 90s, yeah. I don't remember it, it as, as well as I should, uh, but I did watch it because uh, the Bills were never on Thanksgiving. In, in whenever I think they've been on like three times in my whole life. So I, was, I, I would change the channel <laughs> to, to wrestling. Chip Midnight. Hey there, Phil. How you doing, Phil? Good. We're just going around. Um, I was just going to ask Chip. Uh, Chip, what's some music that you're thankful for this year? All right. So we live in this crazy time, right? I mean, in addition to what's going on in the world, but this technology world. Um, every Thursday night, I go to albumoftheyear.org. If you haven't been there, it's just a list of new releases, right? Album covers and new releases. And um, I basically make a shopping list, but not shopping because I have Spotify. And I decide what I'm going to put on my Friday playlist. And then I spend a week with that playlist. Um, and so I find myself like every week, like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And then the next week rolls around and there's 10 new albums, 10 new albums. So it's very hard for me to grab onto albums. I find myself saying a lot of times, like, this is the best album. And then like, I was looking at a list I created in like early part of this year. And those albums that I have on that list, I haven't listened to since probably February or March. Um, mm. But so, but I do have some ones I want to talk about. And the, I think probably my, my favorite, and I'm going to, I'm going to lose any cool cards I have, but um, not that I had to begin. There with. are no cool cards here. They've all been confiscated. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so this is, this is a studio project, right? It started off and I don't know whether it started off with, the guitarist being approached by somebody or the guitarist volunteering to take on this project. But this guitarist wrote a bunch of songs. He brought in some of his good friends who are in other huge bands like Guns N' Roses and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This guy's name is Andrew Watt, I think. And they put together this album and then they brought in the singer that they wrote the album for, Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) So... Ozzy Osbourne was the first album I ever bought. I was 12 years old. I bought Blizzard of Oz. And that's what, like, that's what um, got me into music. That's what, like, that's why I am where I am today. And, you know, the 80s Ozzy stuff was great. The 90s Ozzy stuff was not so great. Maybe the first two 90s albums. I think he only released two albums in the 90s. Um, and then I really lost, lost a lot of interest, which was sort of sad. You know, like your favorite artist ever and then puts out some mediocre stuff over time. Um, so I wasn't really, you know, Ozzy is, Ozzy is getting there. Anybody that's seen him recently, he's not in the best of shape. Um, you know, his wife runs everything. Um, I wasn't really expecting much from this record, but I think he found some super fans in the guys who played and wrote the music who wanted to just bring back just a good Ozzy hard rock album. It's like, I think it's only seven songs plus the one that he did with Post Malone, which isn't that great. Um, they're not classic Ozzy, like they're not like old school Sabbath sounding Ozzy songs. They vocals sound way overproduced. And like I'm not even sure that 
I think they've done a lot with Ozzy's voice to make it sound good to the ears, but I love that record. Like I can't stop listening to it. Um, anything. So I got this little stack, right. Of records here. So anything that I listen to enough that like, I really want to, you know, that's the next step. I listen to it on Spotify. It's probably going to be my most listened to album of the year, but then um, I felt like I had to own a physical copy just because I love the album. So that's probably, it's not, it's not a guilty pleasure, but it's, it's one that like, I just, I, I keep going back to you. Um, also really into Rustin Kelly, um, Casey Musgraves, ex-husband, um, kind of Americana sounding, kind of Ryan Adams sounding a little bit, probably a little bit of country in there. Um, if you look in the record store, it'd probably be out of the country section, but, um, but more Americana sounding. Um, Columbus, ex-Columbus favorite, Lydia Loveless. Um, you know, she started off as sort of a country artist and has expanded her sound. She, last couple of albums have done, has gone a little bit replacement style. Um, this one is a little bit more, uh, a little bit, a, a few steps away from that kind of, um, and I say this lovingly, that sloppy drunk rock. Um, just a really good kind of rock pop kind of album. Um, my newest purchase, something that like I, I was surprised that I would buy, um, something that my kids would have bought, um, the new Taylor Swift album, which uh, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's it's really good. It's it's very different than her than her old style. Like she's matured as a songwriter. Um, I think didn't she do some stuff with? On from the national yeah 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 and um on a is on a song and um i realize that's not his name but i can't remember what his name is so, justin vernon yes um, i don't know why i know it i'm not a big fan of bonavere <laughs> i'm not either but like but i really love this record it's really kind of is that how you say it bonavere bon yeah oh, i've been saying yeah. bon iver for like 10 years <laughs> it, he probably wouldn't correct you if you said Bon Iver, but his grandma says it like that. So, <laughs> you know, if, if I lost my cool card in which again, Ozzy's not really losing your cool card, but like I bought the Taylor Swift album at Target. Like that made me feel like really weird buying a Taylor Swift album, first of all, and then buying it at Target. But, um, but I think those are, those are, those are, those are ones that I bought on vinyl this year, um, which um, you can see vinyl behind me, right? Um, the audience can't see it, Yes. but, um, but it's a lot, of, it's a lot of cheap. Like I, I, I'm, I'm the king of the dollar bin. Um, nothing back there. <laughs> I spent probably more than $3 on. So I don't have a lot of like cool reissues or cool albums. These are a lot of, there's a lot of like blue oyster cult and bad company and uh, Eric Clapton. Oh yeah. No I shame. Like no shame dude. Having a cool card that can be conditionally revoked we should have cool punch cards where for every like five cool albums, you get one. That's like a real crazy guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so I don't, so I don't, I don't tend to buy a lot of new records. It's mostly, like I said, mostly, most of my listenings on Spotify. Um, um, but like the, these were worth owning new yeah. and paying like 20 or 30 bucks for a record. Is it, I do the same thing. Like, I get lost and like discover all this new music and then I listen to it for a week and then I completely forget about it. And I find myself over time, if I've listened to it enough, then I'm motivated to actually get it on vinyl. And part of it is I think just so I don't forget it. Yeah. Like it's like, I own the physical disc. So I know I will never forget about this album because if I don't do this, like we're, 
you know, or I have to add it to a playlist. And remember I had to a playlist where it's like, if I have the disc, I know I have it. Um, part, so that's interesting. The, like in the, in the Napster days, especially, um, <laughs> you know, I would put my top 10 list together for this blog called done waiting that I wrote for. And when I, when I would put the album cover that goes with my review of it, like that was often the first time that I ever saw the album cover mm. is when I was like trying to find a picture of it to put in my, and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of stuff worth owning just to look at. And I, and yeah. I don't do that a whole lot anymore. So yeah, Jason, to your, to your yeah. point, like owning this stuff and being able to look at it and um, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy. I love, I love looking at records and, spending time reading liner notes and all that kind of stuff. And as much as I love having, you know, a billion songs right here in my hand with my phone, yeah. I still, I still, I still love to. to Is there a, uh, a dollar bin uh, album you picked up this year that stands out? Oh, come back to me on that one. I'm sure there mm-hmm. is. Do you buy stuff you haven't heard before from the dollar bin? Yeah. Yeah. Just based on the, I album do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, hold on. It's like, what the hell is this? I need to hear it. Wait, do you see I this tend to buy um, like not rock, but jazz or world music that I don't know. Like, I'll just look at the cover and I'll be like, Mambo's okay. And I'll just <laughs> because that's like, like, this looks freaking weird. It looks freaking, yeah, it looks weird. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a chance with this. It's a dollar. I mean, you guys know, obviously, my, my love of hard rock. Um, and I saw this one, Armageddon. <laughs> I, I, I saw that i mean for five for five bucks a band called armageddon from the yeah. 70s that had long hair i mean regardless of That's what it amazing. sounds like it was going to be good and it is it's it's you know it's it's 70s hard rock it's blue oyster called it's black sabbath it's um it's armageddon one of the, it's one armageddon. Of the guys was in the Yardbirds. yeah yeah so that was a good find that was a you know there are so bucks. many records like that one that it's just this uh, like black hole where just so much stuff, especially if it's not on Spotify, just disappears. And there, the only there, way you find it is by going to a record store. And there's a there's a bunch of like YouTube people that like kind of curate these like lost seventies albums that are mm-hmm. that are hard rock yeah. albums that like it just it, they just they for whatever reason they were a regional hit and they missed out on having Sony find them. Um, yep. Yeah, I love I oh, love yeah. coming across that stuff. And there's so much that, good stuff. Yeah, that YouTube is excellent for those. Um, I, I, I'll let you finish. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, Phil, jump in. What was what was a record that you were thankful for this year, or a couple? Um, most of, most of my purchases, and I cannot believe I'm actually saying this, have been digital for the first time in my life. <laughs> And I'm kind of old too, um, and it's been mostly local music that's that isn't widely distributed. Um, thank you, Bandcamp Fridays. Um, been took it took advantage of Bandcamp Fridays, where I mean, as as a part time Boston music DJ, you know, ninety five cents of every dollar is going to the artist when I purchase this thing. And uh, I've taken advantage of that with this whole pandemic Bandcamp Friday thing. Um, uh, one that one that I've been listening to just constantly since it's since it came out, I believe, just before the pandemic in February. Um, the group name is called Gray Bouchard and the 
know. Ah, of course. Dedica- Grey Bouchard and the Dedications. And um, very, uh, very kind of power pop. And uh, it just it has this amazing song called Shaking the Tree that I just, it's easily going to be my top song of the year. Um, but uh, the, the other one, and, you know, it, it, this, this kind of loses even more cool points than you, Chip. Um, I've, in the last month or so, I've been all about the new Kylie Minogue record. <laughs> Ain't nothing um, wrong with Kylie. Just a, no, but I mean, it, it, Kylie is it, Kylie is one of those artists that I that I just blindly follow. And yeah, that they're not infallible, but it's just I always find something to appreciate in everything she's ever done. Um, and uh, yeah, and as far as beyond that, um, it's mostly been reissues. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very, very thankful for, uh, finally someone at Warner re-releasing Prince's sign of the times that sounds right. <laughs> um, remastered like 45 songs from the vault, all of them pristine. Yeah. Um, that's what. That's that was a big purchase of mine, and then um, the big Bob Mold catalog box set, um, the distortion box set, and I, I don't I don't have a a great turntable, so I don't get new vinyl for it. Um, so I I got the I got the CDs, and and uh, not not everything in the Bob Mold catalog has been reissued on vinyl yet. That they're staggering that out, but the CDs gotcha. have everything from '88 to 2019, 24 discs. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yes, and shockingly cheap. Well, I know that I, I wanted to get that Prince Sign of the Times box set, but it was like a car payment, so I decided to pass for now. On vi- on vinyl, yeah, it's a car payment. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping yeah, it'll end up under the Christmas tree. Three hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Jay, what what was your uh, pick for your what we were thankful for this year? There's been so much stuff. Um, I'm a bit of recency bias, but the Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Bands, Larry Hugh. I just been so blown away by that. Um, seeing the movie it helped. I think mm-hmm. um, that's on Apple TV Plus, but. Um, it is, I think, as close as we'll ever get to a classic U Street album. Um, obviously, with some of the members no longer being alive. I hear the sound of your guitar.
songwriting wise i love the i love the lyrics i love the sentiment of it you know he's it's really him kind of thinking back about his first band which essentially is the kind of frame for when he fell in love with rock and roll and sort of his early years even because some of the songs i think are on there he actually wrote for his first demo yeah um and then some of its new material um i think the playing the I mean, the hooks, everything is as good as he's done from a, like, just a, I think, performance and just songwriting standpoint. You get a little bit of the indulgent early 70s kind of um, feel where, you know, have tons of words, you know, very wordy, <laughs> um, you know, all the layers. And then you get things that are, you know, more straightforward you know, more like his more recent stuff. So yeah, I just been blown away by that. I can't stop listening to it. Um, and I, within the first listen of it, you know, those songs just stuck in my head. So that's been, and I didn't anticipate that album at all. It was like, Oh yeah, Springsteen's putting on a new record. Okay. Whatever. Like I, I always listen to whatever he puts out, but it, it's usually like, you know, I'll spend a week with it and then forget about it. But this has been um, for me a, a big record uh earlier in the year i really was so excited criteria put out a record after i don't know how many years 15 years or something crazy mm-hmm. so um and it sounds exactly like them which is awesome like they took time off but everything sounds it just like you'd want it i mean it sounds like the proper third record um even though it took so long to put it together um so that that was the first part of the year for me um, and then one that, again, I think because of this podcast, I would have never listened to, but really enjoyed um, sort of more through the summer was the Vapors record, which we did for an 80s episode, whatever that was, a year or two ago. And uh, yep. when they put a new record out, I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out because I kind of like the the one we reviewed. And it's it's really well done. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's their sound but with a modern twist, um, some great lyrics on it, um, some great playing too. And then new bands, I've more, uh, I've been getting into, um, there's a couple, Will Hodge is an artist that like, I don't know where I stumbled on him, but I think he's from Nashville, kind of an Americana, but it has a different lyrical flair to it. Like it's very southern oriented but it's also very progressive and like working class um and it's got a good you know kind of edge to it maybe like a jason isbell i guess you can compare it to that um but like discovered his newest record and then realized like oh my god this guy's been around almost 20 years like there's so there's this whole back catalog um and another one like that would be david ramirez he was a austin artist who i found just randomly like through a, here's some, you know, new releases and, um, really soulful. It's like modern, but it's got like that Gary Clark Jr. Kind of feel to it where it's, it's R&B influenced, rock influenced. It's kind of retro-y, but also, you know, very modern way it's presented and sounds sonically. That new record, um, have you listened to his old stuff too? A little bit. Yeah. He popped up on a, on a random play. I was listening to um, Alex Eason from the Damn Walls, um, you know, and like 
you know, a song kind of rolls through on Spotify and then it just kind of tosses you into a playlist and yeah. David Ramirez came up. And I, I really like the song I heard. His new record, you're right. Like I wrote a review, the um, little plug here for the Big Takeover magazine, which should be hitting news. Well, I don't know if it's coming out in newsstands this issue. I know the last one did it because um, a lot of stores aren't carrying magazines anymore, at least not the Big Takeover. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> um, but I did review the David Ramirez album. And yeah, definitely had, like, I think I said something like, it's the kind of thing that, like you'd hear in Grey's Anatomy in the background of a scene and you'd be like, wow, who is that? Like that sounds something familiar, but it's sort of soulful, sort of R&B, but sort of indie, sort of Americana. Like it's, you're right, like it, it hits a bunch of different things, but it sounds really good and you feel like you should know who that is, mm-hmm. but you don't. Yeah, there's a couple of songs in here where I heard them the first time. I was like, oh, this, I've heard this song. This was a hit somewhere like, and then I looked into it more. I was like, no. <laughs> It's just, I mean, basically, you know, fall on sense of purpose is just a, you know, a local artist that's got a deal and keeps putting on music. And, but yeah, it's just got that feel to it that, um, really, really good stuff. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Do you mind if I shout out some nineties adjacent records that came out that I feel like need a, need a little sun, sunshine on the show? Go right ahead. Okay, um, there's there's three of them, and uh, these are all artists that I think came to prominence in uh, the 90s. Two are newer bands, and then one is an old band. So I'll start with the old band first. Um, hum, hum put out a new record this year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that, is, that it, is a trip. It kicks ass. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, hate, I hate to use like such a boneheaded way to describe it, but it's just... <laughs> It's it's heavy, the the, the you know, it's it's kind of everything you would want from a hum record, but a hum record mm-hmm. in 2020. Wanting to see for myself again. It's a race to the ground, back to you again. I am lost. Path is unclear and the air is thin. The songs are, are long. You know, I think there's only like eight songs on the record. And it's but, like an hour uh, long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's super epic. Um, but it's 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 great to hear that band kind of come back. And you know, I think there's a lot of bands who do the heavy thing um that probably owe hum a little bit uh in terms of influence, but hum does something I think so unique where you know the vocals are so laid back and like sort of dreamy and not in a shoegaze way, but just in a sort of almost like a, um, just like a, they're, they're just in the mix, you know, as, as another instrument, but they're, well, they're that's kind of how hum always sounded though. 
maybe not on the first RCA record, but yeah, like I mean that's kind of been were pushed up front, but yeah, it, that's that that is their thing. And Matt Matt Talbot, yeah. um, who you know is the singer and guitar player in the band, he records their records, and and they always sound great. And he's like a super analog de- devotee, mm-hmm. and so it's just got a warmness and a bigness to it that I think. Uh, I don't know. It's it's uniquely them, and I and I really oh, yeah. like that record. Um, the it's other very two very dense. Yep, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> other two, um, uh, the Lisa Memory, which is John Davis uh, from Super from Super Drag. He's one of my oh, favorite. Oh, I forgot about that one. That one was excellent. Um, they put a record out called Moonshot uh, this year. That's kind of being touted as sort of the unofficial follow up to valley of dying stars which is my favorite super grass re- or super drag record rather and also my favorite record of all time um and it and it mostly uh it mostly delivers on that and i think um he's just such an underrated songwriter um you know uh probably in my in my opinion you know top five uh you know for me anyways um are we getting a reissue of that next year do you think there is a reissue. It's yeah, uh, yeah uh, already it's already announced. they've already sold out like two runs of it. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. you can still get it. Fuck, still get it. Um, so yeah, Valley still of get Dying it. Stars. Okay, Valley of Dying Stars is is everything you want in a rock and roll record. Um, as a quick side, but yeah, that Lee's record is really great. The first two songs, especially, are just like, oh yeah, total throwbacks, oh, yeah. super drag. But like you know, as a forty-eight-year-old guy, you know now, um, so. I really love that record. Uh, and then the last one is, is uh, the record by a band called Kariki, which is um, Ian Mackay from Fugazi and his wife, Amy, yes. on drums, which they made records as a band called The Evens um, in the 2000s. And then Joe Lally, um, who uh, slept at my house once uh, and then <laughs> sat in his pickup truck uh, in front of my house waiting for his two Italian bandmates to stop hanging out and come outside so they, so they could leave uh super nice guy though um but joe lally from fugazi always also plays in the band and, and it's a i i just i can't believe a bigger deal wasn't made uh of, of this record because of the legacy that ian and joe have with fugazi and it's actually a great record it's it's not as heavy and aggressive as fugazi but it's certainly um got uh you know more of a of a um harder edge to it than the evens did um which was oh, yeah. a lot more restrained and it's um you know it's especially a record that has any political kind of like slant to it which you know ian is always going to kind of come to the table with that uh you know in 2020 especially it kind of hits home and uh there's a couple really great uh just bangers on there that i think uh if you're a fan of what uh those guys do um you'll love that record so want to put that out there now i can rest i won't talk again no, he's a memory uh released another like oh, what is it a single today they're doing a they single do. yeah yeah great song oh, they're doing too. a singles thing nice yep. yeah I, no, I ordered it immediately i just nice. want to say that the the moonshot artwork is amazing yeah, yeah. for that album and i also <laughs> i love the closer which is like inspired by 70s parliament funkadelic it's it is so bizarre it's, it's so like bizarre a, it's but it's like, great the 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 like intro and outro are like super like like terry riley or something you know it's um, like, yeah like it's it's so great and then like the middle part is like a 
it's like grunge almost, but then it sort of works together in this very unique way that you really have never heard anybody do, which at this nope. point is, uh, is, is not, you know, it's hard to come by, but John Davis is, 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 uh, he's a national treasurer if you ask me. Well, um, so that, I was going to oh, say that sorry. home record, I got it on vinyl and there's only two songs per side and it's a double record. That's how long it is. Wow. Yeah. I would have it no other way though. Exactly. <laughs> it sounds Perfect. so big. It's awesome. I, oh, I yeah. put that on the record player when I got it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm swimming in this record. It's so thick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's it. That's what I was. That's what I was hearing when I when I played it on Bandcamp because they released it on Bandcamp first, and um, along with the Lees of Memory, someone recommended that, and then and then I found out the Super Drag connection because I mean that I why I wrote off Super Drag, I have no idea why. I I hated that stupid single that was popular, and so I sucked out. I, yeah. I, Yep, I I did not like sucked out. It, it was one of those things that I sang like a cartoon when it came on the radio, um, like Cartman, basically. Um, but that someone recommended that Lee's Memory record, and I bought it on one of the Bandcamp Fridays, and it led me down to a, a small super drag uh, wormhole, and I finally just scored copies on CD of uh, head trip and uh ballet dying stars and it, i was i was listening to them on spotify and saying where why did i write them off and first impressions I did the same thing. matter a lot and if you hear a single that's really off-putting even if it's not you know represent representative of the band's sound or, you know, even if everything else is something that you'd like instantly, that can really turn you off. And mm. I know a lot of people who, speaking of reissues, Our Lady Peace, Spiritual Machines, have never gotten into Our Lady Peace because Superman's dead was just their kryptonite for whatever reason. And that is a very take-it-or-leave-it <laughs> uh, song. With the puns. Yeah, no. Oh, man. <laughs> but but so, yeah, I, I even listened to, to the Regretfully Yours album afterwards and i said yeah well no um they were just one of those bands where that where the big hit would the big hit in the debut record was just nothing compared to what came afterwards see also um not a surf so yeah. th th that's actually hilarious because um like you phil i I'm going to have to dive back into super drag because I had the same kind of uh, negative first impression. Mine was more because I saw them live, but okay. I saw them with not a surf and the Mises. And I don't know if I've told this story before on a, on a podcast, I've told the story to other people, but um, you know, it, it was one of those nights and who know, like my only impression of super drag was that um, I, the bass player who had huge Afro hair um, was walking around at the Newport uh, the, the venue in Columbus. Um, and just my impression was that he was like kind of walking around looking for women. He he was like totally selling himself as as this kind of playboy type character, right? Oh, and um, <laughs> and so I saw that, and I'm like these I'm like these guys are just you know they're trying to pick up they're they're in the business of music to pick up chicks, and that's all they're in. And like I've never listened to Super Drag since then, 
Um, but you know, I've heard enough good things that I do need to check him out. But well, and the, I don't the, think that he he left the band, and after that, they made in the Valley Dying Stars. But so. I've also heard I've yeah. also heard that, that that's not really. I, I know people that like, that know him. I think he lives that guy lives in Nashville, maybe, and they say that he's a great guy and a nice guy. I think again, it was that that, that first quick impression that turned me off of the band. But that might not have even been what he might have been drunk. He might that I might have misunderstood <laughs> what I saw. Um, but it just it just turned me off from that band, and I and I've never I've never listened to him, even though I hear you guys talk about him all the time. So. I think the major, major label like signing frenzy gave a lot of bands who are probably not yet ready to uh, oh, you know, yeah. be on sort of the national stage uh, an opportunity to kind of act like rock stars before they really oh, yeah. were. Uh, yep. And, you know, I think that they probably fell into that category because I saw them on that first tour they did um, for regretfully yours and they were, very upset that there was nobody at the show but you know i mean yeah they had a big single on mtv but they played in detroit you know which is a notoriously tough place to draw a crowd and you know they they kind of had a, a shitty attitude but you know I, I for me i stuck with them and i it was it paid off in dividends because john is uh just over and over again like made great records and you know it, if you if you follow him on social media he's he's kind of found religion and you know, he's kind of like cleaned up his act and all that thing and all that stuff. But he's just like a super positive guy and a, he's a lifer. And and all those records that I mentioned are made by people that, you know, if we're going back to the theme of what you're thankful for, I'm just thankful these, you know, these, these people who are important to me, you know, and I'll throw Bob Mould into that category as well, who put a record out this year. They're still oh, making yeah. music, you know, they're still putting out records and especially, you know, it's easy to put a record online, but you know, these aren't people who are touring all the time necessarily. Like they're putting their own money, you know, into some like hum, you know, I think polyvinyl like helped them distribute the record, but they, yeah. they put that out or at least, you know, it was paid for by fans purchasing pre, you know, ordering the record, but you know, it's a different, it's a different landscape now and it, it is a little bit more challenging. And so again, I'm thankful that that folks like those bands and those artists are continuing not only to make records, but make really good records. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean that, I, that Bob Mold record is easily the the closest he'll likely ever get to doing another Husker Du record. Um that, yeah, that well, whole except, except for the other four records that came before it. No, 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 no. I they mean, don't sound, they, I, I can tell you they don't sound similar because I am like a dyed in the wool Bob Mold and Sugar same raised fan, but I don't listen to Husker Du all that much. Oh, we, will, we see that the four I'll records that came before sugar. the latest one definitely had had more of a sugar vibe than a Husker Du vibe. Yeah, he's definitely more pissed right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, and who wouldn't I mean, be? Just those three singles <laughs> that he put out. Well, if um, you would have told me a year ago that I was going to get a new Criteria, a new Shiner, and a new Home record, I would have said you're fucking crazy. So the yeah. fact that those all came out <laughs> It's pretty it remarkable. I mean, those are three bands that like you, you thought that was done. Like there was nothing else to be said. They hadn't done anything forever. They hadn't done a reunion tour. There was nothing. There was just complete silence. And then all of a sudden you've got new music. 
Shiner. So uh, to piggyback off Ryan there, I, you know, I was trying to think in terms of dig me out in the nineties and albums that came out, they, they didn't necessarily make it to my favorites list, but albums that I definitely enjoyed from nineties bands. Um, Shiner was on the top of the list. Hum, um, the licorice quartet, the jellyfish guys. Get that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's an EP, but it's great. I like the psychedelic first hits that I knew. Oh, I then, forgot about that record. Made the new, yeah. really yes, the new record is yeah. great. Yeah. 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 And then, and then um, I love the new Deftones album. Um, it, the new Deftones didn't do much for me. It sounds like Deftones. I mean, I, it sounds I, like I, Deftones that you've heard before. That's what I mean. Well, I think that's, I think it's similar to Ozzy for me in that like, I, I I've taken some time off of the Deftones just, not because I don't like him, just I, I just kind of have sort of forgotten about him. And like I, I sitting at home in my basement, you know, waiting for new music to come out. I'm like, I want to hear the new Deftones. And it, it really, it, it did what I wanted it to do, which sound like their old stuff. Um, yeah. The one other, the one other um, uh, new album that came out that has a nineties um, throwback is um, Thelonious Monster. Um, so if you guys don't know Thelonious Monster. Um, yeah. Bob Forrest. Or, yeah, so Bob Forrest kind of came up in the same scene. He was like best friends with the Chili Peppers, kind of hung out with them a lot, um, heavily into drugs, had a lot of problems. Um, another pitch for Big Takeover, not for the print magazine, but by the time this episode comes out, I will have finally transcribed my hour and a half interview with Bob Forrest. The guy can talk and he's amazing. He's such a great storyteller. But he told me a story about how essentially it was like an OJ type chase where he was drunk or stoned or both. And the cops were chasing him, their helicopters and he pulled down a street and he said, at that point, he had his hands on the steering wheel and he said, and this was like 19, I forget what year, 1993, 94, 95. He said, um, I knew that I could do one of two things. I could either finally get help or I could like reach under my seat. So they think I was getting a gun and they would shoot and kill me on the street. And he's like, at that point, he's like, it was a very tough decision to make because he was so, he was so down. Um, he said he decided to, to put his hands out and they, he, he jokingly told the story that, that, you know, he's this drunk punk rock musician, not really punk punk rock, but, you know, folk punk rock kind of guy. And he said um, they came and they threw him on the ground and, you know, he got bloodied and he's like, he was trying to be peaceful and get out and they, they basically beat him up. But then he turned into, um, you know, he got clean and sober. He was basically the, the Robin to Dr. Drew's Batman on um, Celebrity Rehab. He's opened up a couple of rehab centers in California, um, but Thelonious Monster, his band, they put out a record maybe 10, 10, 15 years ago, but it wasn't like the kind of the classic lineup. It was, um, it was a couple of the guys, but I think he told me that he had had some, um, 
there's a problem with one of, one of the guys in the band just like wasn't into it at the time. So really the last time that the lineup that just put out a new record was together was um, they put out in 1993, uh, a beautiful mess, which is, I, I love that record, but, um, but yeah, the new record's great. He's, he's, it's supposed to be a 40 minute interview and we talked for an hour and a half and like, we've probably got to talk for hours guys, just a, a storyteller. Um, I'm sure he's told the story a million times, but he told me the story about how when the chili peppers were recording, um, blood sugar, sex, magic, that he and Anthony were out and Anthony, and he kept telling Anthony, like, you got to write personal, you can only write fictional songs about, you know, things for so long, you're going to have to dig deep and write about personal stuff. And he said that, you know, two days later, Anthony came running up to him and was like, I just wrote this song called Under the Bridge. And it's all about my life. And I actually wrote a personal song. And um, like I said, I'm sure he's told that story a million times. So he he sort of takes credit for inspiring Anthony to go and write personal songs. And, but it's a great record. It's, um, <laughs> it, it, it sounds very much like, like early nineties, Thelonious Monster. If you've never checked them out, I would say like, I, like I described them, like I said, sort of folky kind of punky kind of a mix of the two. They're not, they're not um, mohawked and tattooed punk rock. It's more just a, the punk rock spirit with, you know, he grew up listening to, to um, Dylan and, 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 he told me a story about Donovan that he met Donovan and loved Donovan. So it's, it's that kind of stuff, but um, great. And then real quick, two other bands I want to mention that haven't put out full links, but they put out some new songs. Um, somebody that uh, I think we all saw last time we were all together. Um, I mean, Aaron keeps putting out Sheila divine songs. Like what is he doing? Like one a week. Um, yeah. He's, he's been on a tear. Yeah. So it's awesome to have like Sheila divine music. I don't even know. I haven't looked too deep and I don't remember what he said, if it's actually Sheila divine as a band or whether he's just recording everything on his own, but he's putting them all over the place. He's putting yeah, them on it, Sheila divine. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, here's a, the, the extra guitar player runs a studio. So, okay. so um, I mean, I've been so thankful for all those new songs. And then we did a podcast. Was it this this year, last year with um, Christopher from Blind Melon and Blind Melon slowly releasing a couple songs here and there. I'm working their way towards, I think they're going to put out an album at some point, but they just kind of, you know, Christopher mentioned that he's got his own studio. Um, they they send files back and forth and put together Blind Melon songs. So they put out a couple, they put out at least one new one this year and a couple last year. So thankful for new music from those guys too. On the, uh, the reissue side, it's worth mentioning that the failure box set is pretty fantastic from uh I've always struggled with comfort. Like it's just almost unlistenable to me and it's amazing <laughs> how good it sounds now. Um, I don't know what, what they did. did. Was, it, was it just remixed from the bottom up or? I don't know. I have to go look, but I mean, it sounds like they just recorded it. I don't know if they replaced the drums or just remixed it or what, but it, the first two records sound so much better. Is that the Albini record? Comfort is the Albini record. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I, I have, have a hard a time with that, that one too. That, my favorite reissue of the year is going to be one that hasn't come out yet, but I think it's a couple weeks away. And this is more 90s adjacent than strictly 90s. But uh, the um, Heaven is Whenever reissue for the Hold Steady. I'm like on the subject of, of second chances, you know, albums or artists that you perhaps, for whatever reason, first impressions or otherwise didn't give as much um, time and attention or, or credence as you would have ordinarily. Uh, that was an album that is sort of comparatively regarded as the low point for the band. I was listening to um, uh, the, the original 
pressing uh, just a few days ago, and I was blown away. You know, I, I think it's a fantastic album, and if it hadn't come on the the heels of a of a band member's departure, um, it would have been regarded very differently. And so I'm super stoked to hear what the band does with it. Um, Marissa, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned, knowing your fandom, the Greg Dooley solo album, Random Desire. Uh, <laughs> that, like, so I love that album. And I love Greg literally like an older brother. But... Um, <laughs> Sorry, it sounds like yeah, but yeah, the 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 but is has nothing to do with the substance of the album itself, which is spectacular in my opinion, flawless. Everything I could have wanted from a Greg Dooley solo album that was not like in the vein of Amber Headlights, which is sort of I don't know. To me, it's almost like Greg does Oasis. It's very sort of straight shooting in your face rock and roll, which I loved, but this was a deeply introspective, personal, um, nuanced, delicate album. And I was getting so much out of it. And I was prepared to hop on an Amtrak train and see him on five dates uh, along the Northeast Corridor. It was something like New York, Philly, Boston, DC, um, maybe Providence. I forget what was on my itinerary, but this was two weeks before lockdown hit and i have simply been unable to pick it up since then it's still just the 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 heartbreak is too acute and i think i will be able to revisit it um you know at some point in the near future it's it's just i have not experienced an afghan wigs twilight singers greg dooley gutter twins what have you release in the past 10 years that has not been ushered in for me with a tour and with me hitting like five or six dates on that tour. So I, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a wound that's still open. Mm. And actually to tie it back to what I just said, um, I think Christopher from Blind Melon produced that record. I think. Yeah. Greg, Greg, that is oh true. yeah. You know what? Yes. You're, you're, you're right. I, that didn't even occur to me. Cause but. we talked about that when, when we talked to him, right. During that episode, he was talking, mm-hmm. about, he was working with Greg, but the album wasn't out yet. He wasn't really being very specific. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I think you were, I think you were trying to dig for some, some info and he was not really giving. I, I was trying to, <laughs> um, some records that did not get brought up, but I do feel like I want to mention them because there were ones that either surprised me or I was, cause you guys have mentioned a lot of the big ones, but um, a couple that are nineties bands that um, I really enjoyed. One was called um, ape confronts cosmos by the band baby chaos. Uh, we actually reviewed oh, yeah. a baby chaos record um, way back uh, or UK band. And um, they haven't put out a rec. They, they, we're done for like 15 years and then they got back together and they put out a couple records. And this is just a great riff rock record. Um, just heavy guitars and super melodic in that like British way. Yeah, you got told. I call it couldn't ignore. 
another record is the totally unexpected Silver Sun record, Switzerland, which again, it was a Silver Sun is a band that we discovered like second season. Didn't he, didn't he die of colon cancer? Like, what's his name this year? From, from Silver Sun? Uh, I, I'm not aware if that happened. Uh, but the record came out fairly <laughs> early in the year. So that might, if that happened, um, it might have been after the record came out. And that was a very low key release. I just happened to find it um, by accident. Uh, a couple other ones the Vast Robot Armies, um, Paper Crown Parade, right. which is. He, he died in October. Yeah, James Brown. Oh, wow. It was very, uh, yeah, it's a huge bummer. That's awful. Sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, that record is great. And and honestly, that whole band's catalog is worth revisiting for a, a ton of great records that they put out. Um, where What else was there? Uh, so like I mentioned, the Vast Robot Armies, uh, which has Kelly Scott from Failure on Drums. And they're sort of like a band that's cobbled together from like four different guys in four different areas. Um, I think there's a Canadian, a Californian, um, and that's a, just a good slab of alternative rock. Um, Godzillionaire, their album Negative <laughs> Balance, <laughs> which is Mark Hennessy from Paw. I got to listen and, to that. That's a, that's and, a great record. And that is a really, it is like a weird combination of like psychedelic and Queens of the Stone Age. It's just, it's a heavy record, but with like some really trippy uh tracks on it lifers by local h was really good um ultimate i need to check that one out ultimate fake books the preserving machine oh Uh, shit that's right (laughs) i can't believe i forgot about it that was that was a beautiful reference laden single that they released earlier this year i think um some other ones that were uh well a local one I don't know if you checked this one out, Chip, but Moviola's Scrape and Cuss. Uh, they're a long-running local band. Have been on numerous. There you go. He's got the vinyl right there. <laughs> really great Americana. You go, Chip. Record. <laughs> um, Jay mentioned uh, the Vapors. That's a that's a really really good record. Tim Burgess from the Charlatans. I love the New Sky. It's a it's a trippy weird record in a lot of ways. It's it's. Got a lot of stuff going on, but it's a fun record to just put on and like um, let play because there's a lot of different sounds that go on. Um, Christian McNeil, who was in the band Stum, or I think that's how you say it. Um, Stum. Stum. Uh, He released an album called Trapped on the Planet Part One. Mm -hmm. Really good record. Singer songwriter record, but he brings in in, Boston now. Yeah. Brings in in Boston for over 20 years. Uh, you know, different musicians to play on stuff. And that record's really good. There was the James Jayhawks. Dean, yeah. And then I was going to say the, the Jayhawks and then also the James Dean Bradfield solo record, um, which is a, a concept record. Um, that's really good. The, um, where was it? Uh, you mentioned the psychedelic furs. Um, See, that's a great example of, I would have totally forgot about that record if you wouldn't have brought that up, Chip. And I really enjoyed spent a couple weeks deep on that record. Just like, <laughs> so Tim, if I don't know if you're done, but I, I have another one that I just thought of similar. Well, to Dun- two more. Oh yeah. Uh, just came out. Blinker, the stars, juvenile, uh, 
um, universe. Yes. Oh, uh, just perfect sprinkler to star oh, yeah. music. Oh, um, yeah. I'm actually planning to- on that on the next Bandcamp Friday. <laughs> yes. Um, Ken Andrews released an EP, What's Coming, mm-hmm. which is just like classic Clint Andrews solo material. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, ACDC's Power Up. I, I cannot oh, get enough yeah. of that record. I just I just love listening to that record. It's just so much fun. It sounds like exactly what you want from ACDC. There's no no bullshit on that record whatsoever. Yeah. And um so so like like Deftones and Ozzy, another band that um that I sort of tapped out. Um another another long-standing band that um has a new record coming out by the time this episode is out. I think it's coming out this week. Um the mega opus. 2030 song new smashing pumpkins album <laughs> it's 20 <laughs> and they, they've already released eight songs from it like you can get eight songs and um man i can't they're they're some of them are weird some of them are like more like they're not electronic very synthy yeah, very yeah. Synth and a lot more electronics but that's um, that, one of the eight songs is called witches or witch um oh my god yeah. it's like it's got like a slowed down White Zombie, Thunder Kiss, 65, kind of like dun, 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 like in the middle, but it's like slower. It's it's my favorite Smashing Pumpkin song I've heard in 20 years. Yeah. Oh, I'm, wow. That one, that one, I, I've heard the first few singles and and I was just a little put off by the by the heavy synth tone. Yeah. Of those first like two, three singles. That's something that I'm going to have to listen to the entire thing maybe it'll make more sense um i mean because you you have one of the best rock drummers and you're having these songs with programming and it it was it's off-putting to to at least to me (laughs) i have not been excited to hear a smashing pumpkins record probably since 1995 and like i'm i'm like i might buy this one on c maybe not vinyl but probably on cd um, so I, I like what I've heard so far. I like Machina that I really too. Enjoyed that I think sort of flew under the radar was uh, Butch Walker released a rock opera early this summer, Uh-oh. and it's one of those albums that you kind of have to you have to be very willing to accept the premise. You really have to uh, greet it on its own terms, but if you're willing to do that. I, I found it to be very rewarding upon subsequent listens. And um, it's it's extremely topical. It's it's basically uh, uh, the story of a romance in Trump's America. So did you so I stumbled on that. I mean, I, I'm 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 a casual fan. I don't love his stuff, but I'm a casual fan. But um, I, you know, I have YouTube on my TV and I was flipping around. And it came up as a Butch Walker suggested video. So I clicked on it, not realizing that he it's like a have you seen that video? It's like a yes. third minute it's like he does the whole the whole video the whole album is is like a 30 minute story video and i didn't realize it was that long i, I watched through the first song i'm like oh this is a good song oh wait there's more oh this is a good song too and yeah that i i sat and watched the whole thing because like all the songs are really good yeah he's i i'm a huge butch walker fan i think he's one of the great underrated songwriters and producers of uh of the 90s and and the early 2000s and uh, and now, I mean, he's he's very, very active, very prolific. And it takes a lot of balls to write that kind of album, the one that he did, not just from a political perspective as a, a guy who grew up in Atlanta 
um, in the South and, and, and to uh, sort of at, at least run against the grain of the people he knew and grew up with politically, but also just to a, a rock opera in 2020. Who's doing that? Um, <laughs> nobody like the, like the, the, the only rock opera that I can think of that's been released in the past 10 years besides that one is from a band called Telethon, the great spontanean. And other than that, yeah, I mean, he, he really took the, uh, the concept and ran with it. And I think that, you know, in less capable hands, it might've been um, less successful, corny, fallen flat on its face, but because it's so, uh, it, it, it's a subject of great personal relevance to him. It, it comes completely from his heart and his own personal experience. I, I bought it and I loved it. So hey, hot, hot tip on buying it. Um, I, I, I remember seeing this recently and you reminded me. So I just added it to my Amazon cart. The vinyl is $12.79 on Amazon right now. Ooh, that's good. Well, he's got that's that. He's got that Green Day production money. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. He doesn't have to charge the $20, $25 <laughs> for his record. Or Jane, yeah, I, I, we, Jane we don't do vinyl and we're, we're very, uh, deliberate about not doing vinyl because as uh, mobile renters, it's just yet another anchor <laughs> thing that requires a great deal of storage space and, and uh, time and energy to move. But if we ever buy a house, um, yeah, the first people I'm consulting are you guys. <laughs> I would say that this, this uh, ship can this, never move. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> right. Uh, Ryan says Green Day production money, but I think Jay knows where the real money came from, right? South Gang. South Gang. Thank you. <laughs> South or, Gang. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about, uh, what about I was waiting to see bullet? if uh, maybe uh, that was going to be Marissa's pick this coming year. <laughs> South Gang. Oh, boy. I was going to say, I was Jay, gonna say Jay, that I think, I think that the, 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 quarantine and and sort of the slowing down of the world ha, has fed my vinyl addiction more than uh, I care to uh, admit or more than my wallet cares to recognize. But <laughs> I, I will say that there was a couple, I, I this year I, I've, I sort of stumbled upon a couple of compilations um, that I think deserve uh, a little love. And, and one of them is, um, it's a comp that Third Man Records put out. It's called Southeast of Saturn. And uh, it's it's a compilation of Detroit-based shoegaze and space rock from the 90s that uh, for the most part is completely, has gone completely unrecognized. Um, there's a band uh, called Majesty Crush that has a song on that compilation um, called number one fan that's that's a pretty like great just like ride kind of style pop song but um otherwise everything else is pretty underground but it it, it you know growing up here um you know obviously uh motown and techno and garage rock are kind of what uh people know detroit for but um there was a amazing scene for for, for this other kind of music that was kind of bubbling up from the underground. Wendy and Carl is another band who's on the compilation that are maybe people know they're, they're, they're on cranky, but um, they're awesome people, by the way. But um, that's, a, that's a really, that's a really cool compilation. It look it, it's um, if you're a fan of the genre, um, 
you know, and you don't have any care connection to, to Detroit, it's still really worth seeking out. And of course, Third Man's, you know, always putting out really interesting things. So that Majesty Crush, Tim and Jay, you guys, that, that's when you should add to the list, Majesty Crush. Yeah. That's a great record. And I think it was before your guys' time, your guys, is that a right way to say it? You guys. For your guys, before you guys <laughs> came to Columbus, guys. Uh, there was a there was a there was a punk rock pizza place called Freaking Pizza. Um, that doesn't sound. Does that sound familiar to you, Tim? Probably because you're doing the Columbus research, right? Yeah, um, I've heard the name from the delicious. research. Um, mm-hmm. I, the only show I ever saw there was Majesty Crush, and they played in front of like I think there's three of us there. Um, but that, that record's so good. But that has a really the singer has a really tragic end story. He does. Yeah. Oh. It's a, it's a very strange way yeah. to wrap, wrap something like that. But, but, you know, now I think the, the part of the magic of, of these types of reissues or, or these compilations is it, it kind of, it, especially with some, a band like that, it, it gives people, uh, you know, it, it, it allows that band and the other bands on the compilation to have a brand new audience and, and really put a tidy bow, if you will, on a story that may have, you know, gone down as being, you know, sad and it, it is sad, but, you know, um, more people can hear that band and hear bands that were adjacent to that. And, and I think that that's really cool. And third man does a really good job of those things. Uh, another compilation that came out this year, I also wanted to make mention of is, um, one on captured tracks, which is a really, um, pretty cool label, a lot kind of more known for it's sort of like jangly, you know, um, like I think dive, um, put records out on that label um but uh it's called strum and thrum and it's uh it's a compilation of of jangle pop bands from the 80s uh that kind of were you know blossomed kind of post rem post let's active you know um kind of uh, post dbs um kind of a rise to fame um you know and kind of, kind of in the way that like numero group kind of gives um you know, attention to these sort of like, you know, bands who put out like a single, it's kind of like the Nuggets style approach. Yeah. Where, you know, these bands didn't really put out many records maybe, or they, they you know, put out an EP or, you know, whatever, but um, it's a really great comp and, and it's almost every song on it is awesome. It's, it's like, um, you know, if you're into REM, if you're into the DBs, um, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, jangle, jangly rock uh it's definitely works worth seeking out the packaging is awesome there's a there great some, booklet there a in columbus, there there's some at least is there a columbus band on there i think maybe i think so there's so many bands that i've never heard of i think there's a band that has like archer pruitt who went on to be in c and cake on there um there's a couple other bands where you know people went on to do other things but definitely like if you're into digging deeper into the underground of american music um, this is a really great document that I, I highly, highly suggest. It's an awesome, awesome compilation. And then last shout out, Supergrass, the box set that came out this year yeah. is so awesome. Um, I love that band, but there's a couple records that I'm just not as familiar with. So it's re- it was really great to kind of get all of them together. It comes with posters and buttons and, you know, uh, just, you know, it, it's really a shame that that band's reunion was kind of shut, uh, cut short. But hopefully, once we get back to rock and roll and, and shows, they they come back, and I would be excited to see them because I never saw them back in the day. Uh, Chip, to confirm, Great Plains is on it. That's what I was just looking. Yeah, the, I I thought it was Great Plains that was on it. Yeah, 
one of the, one of the legendary Columbus bands from the eighties that everybody from Columbus knows, but nobody outside of Columbus knows. <laughs> well, now they do. My now friends. they do. Which which uh, would later turn into uh, <laughs> the legendary Thomas Jefferson slave apartments. Uh, there you go. Which again, everybody in Columbus knows. Nobody outside of Columbus knows. I think one of those guys owns a record store in Columbus. Is that accurate? He did he did he for a to. long time? Yeah. Now he goes around and, and buys a lot of records and does like um, quarterly or yearly yard sales where he all the records that he's gone out and bought. He sells I, in his yard. He's, he's of course, I speaking just, of Mr. Ron House, who yep. uh, Ron House and I have this habit of half-price books when they have their 50% off Sunday sale on everything in the store. We will run into each other at each half-price books, and he'll go, hey, Tim, what'd you get? And I'll show him what I got, and I'll be like, what'd you get, Ron? And we just, every time there's a 50% off sale, we hit the same one. Just ran, And I don't see him for six months, and then I see him again at the half-price books. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to do that this year. Right. Because I'm I, sure they don't want people in the stores. I, I keep checking my email waiting for those coupons, but uh, I don't think they're going to do it. No, <laughs> I don't either. That's, that's my, that's my, cause they do this. It's staggered. So it starts at like 20% on Wednesday, 30% on Thursday, and then it uh, works its way up. So I would go and I would set side, set aside records cause they'll hold for like three days. So I would figure out what I, I want for Sunday and I would put it on hold and then I and then that way, because I know they put all this like all the back stock out to try to get it out through the sale. So um I didn't know you could hold. I it's it's like <laughs> playing the stock, it's like playing the stock market game, right? You go in. I remember there was a um a Black Sabbath CD, like one of the uh Tony Martin vocal ones, which you guys probably have no idea what that is, but um the non-famous Black Sabbath singer, and it was it was like 40 bucks. I'm like, there's no way I'm paying 40 bucks for a CD. But then during that week, I'm like, Am I willing to pay 30 bucks? Like I'm much more willing to pay 20 bucks on the 50% off day. And I, and I waited and it was gone. Oh, I didn't know you could hold. You can hold. Yeah. And what I do is here's the trick is that I go the first day of the sale and I hold like five items and then I figure out what I want to pay based on the percentage off. So I might get to Sunday and have like three things and I'll be like, well, I'm just going to take the one thing. You can put the other two things back. And uh, I do that at like five different half price books all around town. I had a whole system worked out (laughs) before all this was happening. I'm that dickhead. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hey, that's how you get the, you know, the expanded Soundgarden bad motor finger, you know, (laughs) reissue. Oh, oh, the, oh, the nice, nice. You know, that's that kind of stuff. I wasn't going to pay $20 for this, but the 50%, $10. Versus album by Pearl Jam was a no-brainer. Exactly. That's 50% off. Nice. The thing I'm learning now, I guess, about vinyl collecting is that you guys can just rationalize anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which true. is dangerous. Sounds really dangerous. It is. I, I One of the worst things is when uh, we have... Jay, or, um, Chip mentioned... Um, Ron and, 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 and I think it was brought up that he was co-owner of Use kids records for a while. And it's, it's got new ownership now, but it's been around since the mid eighties and they will have three for a dollar sales for, 
And so, and they will bring in these huge collections of records that they have purchased, you know, 15, 20,000 records, and they'll just put them all around the store. And you're just digging through this stuff. Like how many, how many copies of Chicago can I get? That, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's in, insane how much, you know what I'm talking about, Chip, those dollar sales do. that they have. <laughs> they did it. They did it one time with CDs that mm-hmm. I'm aware of in the new location in Jay, you'd be so happy with what I pulled out of those. I mean, I got, I think I pretty much filled out my, like the, the, the indie label, the non-major label, like all the enough's enough stuff. I got like the second Jason Bonham record. I got oh so much like obscure 80s stuff. I was, oh, oh, I want them to There's bring that back. There's only one Chicago record <laughs> worth buying and that's the first one. <laughs> or a greatest hits. Everything else is like bar mitzvah music. <laughs> Whatever has uh, whatever has uh, Saturday in the Park. That's the that's the one I want. <laughs> I mean, I I just say I I'm forgetting where I found, oh you thank God for outdoor flea markets. Otherwise, I would have just gone insane during this during this pandemic. But um, mm. I had managed to find an early copy of this bad boy. Body count, nice. They had a new record out this year. Yes, I did not listen to it. Um, and, and they and they're up for a, for a metal Grammy too. So I, I did want to mention, as far as reissues, I didn't bring any up earlier, but the Wildflowers reissue with the the like the bonus album of tracks is yeah, I is haven't really heard it great. Yet, yeah, I made a I made a special trip out. I, I only made two trips out to record stores the whole year, which is and I usually go once a week. Um, so to go only twice in the year is painful. Um, but I went specifically uh, to get that, and I also picked up uh, the reissue of Outcasts uh, Stanconia, because uh, I, <laughs> which got um, on a certain Saturday recently when there was big news, I played uh, that record very loudly in my house as a thank you to Georgia. So, um, but I did go on a binge of buying records. And one of them that I didn't mention is the Gord Downey, the final Gord Downey solo record, um, away is mine. Um, who is of course the lead singer of the track, Julie hip who passed away from cancer in 2017. This is supposedly he recorded two other records, but this is the last one in, in terms of the chronology, like right before he passed away, he finished making this record, at least from the vocal side i think some his friend who he worked on his solo records with when it did some post-production on it but it's a yeah. very intimate record um it's it's what you expect if you're a, a tragically hip fan from his solo material it's a li- little bit more diverse than the hip uh sort of straight ahead rock uh or or can rock or whatever you want to call it that they're known <laughs> for um but i i love him sort of exploring uh, you know, everything from weird uh, country uh, and, and distort. It's like, he has a song that has like a country uh, a beat to it. And then there's a wildly distorted direct guitar on the same song. Uh, there's just a lot of diverse and, and interesting sounds along with his always great lyrics. Um, and it's especially touching because there's a lot of stuff that's talking about. He, he knew it was the end. So it's a very emotional record in that sense. But I did make the purchase. I stayed at actually, a hotel. Oh, I was going to say I stayed at a hotel in Canada a couple of years ago, and they just had a framed photo of the tragically hip in the lobby. 
Like that's <laughs> required. That's how popular that. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. Stand, standard issue. You've got like right. the the pool rules, and then the the tragically hip framed photograph <laughs> next to it. Right. There's a Bible in the in the drawer, and then there's a hip photo uh, on the wall. That's how it goes. The nice thing about the record is it I think, was re- I think Gord released wrote as a double. Yeah, he did. It's released as a double, and you get the full album, and then you also get an acoustic version of each song. So you get to hear it, like his original demo of each song, which is interesting to hear a, yeah. him stripped down. Um, I like a few artists have done that in the last couple of years, and I, I do like that when they take that extra step. So Marissa, a a a, uh, a, a reissue that, <clears throat> that I have not justified, and I don't think I'm. It depends on the price, um, uh, but the Chavez Gone Glimmering was reissued, but I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything extra on it. I think it's just the original record, which is, or Gone Glimmering. Is that what he said? Gone Glimmering? Yeah. Gone Glimmering. Um, I, I love that record. I, if you guys don't know who that is, um, um, Matt Sweeney, who's done a bunch of stuff. He was in Zwan with Billy Corgan. Yeah. He's done stuff with um, Bonnie Prince Billy. Um, when I, when I was writing for this magazine called Moo with the guys from Moviola back in the nineties, um, he was a publicist for Nasty Little Man. And so like anytime that we were trying to set up interviews with any of the cool bands, cause they, they represented like all the, like the great, like mid nineties alternative bands. Um, Matt was like always answering the phone. So, um, you know, when he announced that he had this band that was coming out, we all just like supported it just because he was our favorite publicist. Um, but man, that Chavez record, the, the two Chavez records are great, but I bought the CD box set a couple of years ago. And so I don't know, I guess it's been more than a couple of years now, but um I, I, that one I can't quite justify yet to own on vinyl since I already have the CDs. But uh, if it hits a certain price point, I'm surprised <laughs> no one has mentioned "Pleased to Meet Me." Oh yeah, that one I, that that's like a big deal, or at least it is for me. But do, do you guys find it? Here's a good question. Going back to what Chip was saying about the Chavez record or or the replacements record, like where do you draw the line? Right. You know, uh, like I struggle sometimes, like I've, I've got, I've owned that record multiple times on multiple formats. You know, I have my copy of it right now. That is, you know, I think a reissue from however many years ago. Yeah. I think 2008, they remastered it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they did deluxe remasters in 08. And um, I, I got most of the replacements albums there, but it, I mean, I I was looking at it, and I'm and like you were saying, I is it worth sixty bucks? Mm. Well, I kind of um, feel that way about the Bob Mould stuff, which you know, all those records are not that old, you know, that were reissued, uh, right? At least in the first edition of what I believe is a series, but you know, it's kind of that's where I I run into some like personal, uh, you know, um, like uh, issues where you know do I really want all of this bonus stuff? Will I really listen to it more than once? You know, is it, is it online? You know, I mean, like uh, one of my favorite bands, um, Sloan just sort of surprise released uh, a collection of B-sides that I used to have a cassette of that. That was like, Oh wow. You know, uh, you know, ripped for me early days of the internet, like somehow, you know, a friend of mine got it and, 
you know, so I needed that on vinyl because I'd never had it before. But I I bought I bought their B sides when compilation from directly from their web digital web store when they started offering all of the albums with random B sides or what have you, and then they just had a compilation like a twenty three track compilation of yeah. all of the B sides. And I think um, this is uh, you know going to break those up into you know, chunks now yeah. where like the first one is the first, you know, 10 tracks or whatever. But I guess my point is, is, you know, um, as we're all kind of probably financially strapped, maybe more <laughs> than we were, or, you know, um, there's all these great reissues that come out all the time, but it's like, do I really need another copy of, you know, please to meet me? I mean, like, yes, I do is the answer to that question, but can I afford it is, is the the question that I always have. And it's a struggle sometimes as a, sometimes as a music fan and a vinyl collector and somebody who likes to have the physical media, you know, what do I contribute? My, that reissue Ryan is the original album on vinyl, but three CDs of the bonus material. Yeah. I don't need that. then. It's not all on vinyl. <laughs> it is the, the only piece of vinyl is the original album remastered. Got it. Yeah, um, I would have to. Yeah, buy, and I mean, I feel CD like for player. me at least, that is the primary draw of any reissue. Is there are plenty of records that were recorded, mixed, mastered in the '90s that don't really stand the test of time. Can you make it sound better? And that or, di- be- or didn't come out on vinyl. Right. Yeah. It, it, there, there has to be, for me, more than just extraneous demos, um, B-sides. I, now you say, that is what sells me on it. You want to hear demos? I want to hear no, live I, takes, but I don't want to hear... Now you say, that I don't... Yeah, live, live takes are always a crapshoot because, I mean... You never know how well a live recording is, but but for me it it for me it's outtake material and B sides that are hard to find on, you know, some Aus- Austrian CD single, um, and demos demos is just like you know. Look, I will grant you that it depends on the band. So the the the, yeah. the great irony, right? Oasis, like can't. Oh yeah. Records do not sound good. Period. I mean, mm-hmm. they they do if you're blasting them really loud in a car stereo, which is like I think the most forgiving possible environment, and possibly <laughs> the only environment in which you should listen to an Oasis record, one where you can just like scream along to it. But their B sides are fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, universally. So the they would, plan. you know, you can sell yeah. me on an Oasis re- reissue on on the the back of uh, the backs of demos and and B sides alone. No, um, it, it, when it comes to that, uh, I had recently acquired uh, these uh, the first four suede albums because of the because of the glut of B side material. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of. I mean, the first album had a bunch of demos, and but like the third album coming up, just. It, I mean, the, the album itself was 10 songs and there's, I think, like 19 
B-sides and outtakes. Yeah. So, I mean, give me my, here, take my money, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, it, I, I like, I like getting the outtake material live, live tracks. Eh. I mean, they have to be really super transcendent for me to really get into live albums. Well, uh, speaking of live albums, one that's coming out this week that I'm interested in is the um, Uncle Tupelo live album. It was recorded in, I think, 1994. Yeah, it's live at the Lounge Axe, uh, recorded March 24th, 1994. I have owned it as a bootleg on cassette since the 90s. It's a bad, like, fifth-generation rip that somebody <laughs> traded me on, like, the Uncle Tupelo uh, email uh, list, the yep. listserv that we all traded tapes, where I have yep. all these, like, <laughs> random live shows and and various things. So I'm actually really looking forward to it because I'm like, well, they had had to have d- done a better job than the, the multi-generation ripped cassette that I have from mm. uh, 25 years ago. Um, well, that was ultimately what what got me on the uh, Prince Sign of the Times release. Yeah. Um, a, a, the original album was mastered really quietly for some reason, or very tinny master. And to boot, there were there was easily three albums of material that went on during at the same time. And all of that has been bootlegged. And and so, Prince is an anomaly. I mean, yeah. Prince has volumes and volumes of of music that are recorded for each record and then never see the light of day. And sometimes yeah. they end up as B sides. But you know, he's <laughs> it. It's rare that an artist has that much material. So I completely understand like picking yeah. that stuff up because I mean I've tried to pick. I've picked up. Uh, there was a live album that he put out. I think through his fan club, it was like one night alone or something like that. And it was released as both a single album. And then there was like a, which was just him. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up getting the, the re-release. I think that was earlier this year. And it's, um, you know, he's got an amazing band. It's, he's doing like all these great songs that, you know, and then throwing in these like jazz improvisations with his amazing band, uh, in the middle of things. And it's, you know, not, there's not a lot of artists I would take a chance on with regards to just buying a random live album. But if it's Prince, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a shot with that because he's, he's just that level. Um, we have, uh, we have gone really late. And so have have we missed anything as far as stuff that you're thankful for this year? Are there any ones that you want to bring up? Apparently I'm the only one that spent any time listening to the new Sparta record. But I enjoyed that quite a bit. And that's another band I didn't think we'd ever see yeah. a new record from. Um, so, I want to quickly say thank you to, I believe it's Whitney who recommended this to me. So it's not released in 2020. But uh, when I mentioned that I love an old, uh, I, an old Chicago band called Dovetail Joint, he said, oh, well, the guy from Dovetail Joint also recorded uh, an album with his new band, Ivory Wire. And I just totally latched on to the World is Flat, which I think was released in like probably 2004, 2005 or something. Um, so not strictly 90s, but 90s ancestry. 
And I am so in love with it. So thank you, Whitney. I really, this is why I'm a part of this community. Awesome. awesome. Hey, I, I'm, I'm glad I, I got to release an album this year. So yeah, where it's on Bandcamp. All right. <laughs> it's a, it, it's weird and arty and there's some very, lots of nineties influence, but, uh, and it ends with eight minutes of noise. So as a nineties <laughs> album, should. there's a hidden track. No, well, I I thought about re- releasing it on CD with a, with an extra track, which we called additional content, which is just uh, a noise collage of like seven eight minutes, <laughs> and and me shouting, and they put it in reverse, so so I'm like saying all satan- satanic stuff. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nice. but, uh, but yeah, that's on Bandcamp. It's called Ease Into the Noise. You can find that on Bandcamp. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a collective. It's our final record and all of that. But uh, yeah, I was I was happy to get that out. I want to I want to give uh, I want to give thanks to uh, one more band that I think deserves. Uh, probably more attention than they than they get, but uh, the the Freaky Brothers from the Lemon Twigs. Who I don't oh, know if yeah, you guys they are, are so good. Are aware of this this band? They are basically like uh, theater brats. Essentially, you know, they're 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 young. They're like in their early twenties. They are basically embracing uh, the vibe of like Grease and Meatloaf. And David Bowie, and Bruce Springsteen, and glam, and rock and roll, and just like everything good about rock music. I hear like a lot of Todd Rundgren with them too. Todd Rundgren, who was on their last record actually, which is about a monkey who goes to high school and burns the school down, by the way, uh, (laughs) which is a great record. But they put a record out this year called uh, Songs for the General Public. And it's, it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, just like in your face just like flamboyant you know i mean and they do it in a way where it's like so um like paying homage to 70s sort of like glam right down to like the clothes they wear and the press photos they take and just but they're so talented i mean these dudes are ridiculous they are such good musicians they put their brothers they play every instrument on the on the record the, you know, the new one is not a concept record about a monkey, unfortunately, but it's just like 10, 11, I don't know how many songs are on it, but, you know, just great songs uh, that, you know, if, if you're looking for something that like, if you're feeling down on rock and you're listening to other things, but you're, you're a fan of rock and you want to kind of bring it back, you know, just real rock and roll, like, Lemon Twigs are the band for you. They remind me. Find a hundred percent. Just throwing that out there. They they are really like if you want to renew your hope in the new guard. I think these kids are probably like twenty two years old. Yeah, and, and they, they, it, it sort of reminds me of like Red Cross. Yeah. Ooh, all right. I got to check right. this out. The lineage <laughs> is definitely there, and they and they and they. I saw them live a couple of years ago. And they're fantastic live. I mean, their whole band is basically like, you know, Berkeley music school trained, <laughs> you know, everybody's rules on their instrument. But the two brothers, one of them is like sort of more 
like he's like the uh, tender heart, and the other one is like the one who just did a rail right before he hit stage. And <laughs> and the their like uh, their interactions, it's 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 like they're obviously brothers, but there's this tension between them uh, that is like so unique to siblings being in a band, you know, to call back to Oasis, but uh, it's, it's got that, but it's, um, I don't know. I think that they're like the future of music, honestly, like these, these kids, like for, for how young they are, man, they have like such a bright future. And, and if you haven't listened to any of the records, please, please do. They're awesome. I totally, I, I forgot that they put a new record out. I, and I know their backstory. Cause I know I, when their first record came out of like, I, I was trying to learn as much as I can. I don't remember the backstory. So in my head, they're either from Hollywood or Long Island. They I have like that kind New of New York. Yeah. Yeah. They're from Long um, Island for sure. Yeah. Um, so Marissa, you might run into them. I think you're from around there. So t- Tim, I was making a playlist um, on Spotify of the bands you mentioned. Cause I, I'm not really familiar with a lot of them. And it reminded me there's three I wanted to mention real quick. Um, Katie Pruitt, I, like, the older I get, the more like Americana listening I get. And Katie Pruitt to me is yeah. sort of like that Casey, Casey Musgraves kind of like she can cross over into a more mainstream, but she's definitely got country, but um, her, her vocal, like she just, she can hit notes. Like you're going through the song and then she builds and builds and you're like, that voice can't go any higher any longer. And it does. She's amazing. Um, the Orville Peck EP. Um I think is really, uh, do you guys know or- Orville Peck? He's kind of like the mask, you know, Johnny Cash kind of wannabe. Um, great EP. Um, and then my last pick is um, Young Gun Silver Fox, who put something out. The record hasn't come out on Coal Mine, but it's going to come out on Coal Mine Records. Um, I think once, once Coal Mine can, I think Coal Mine has a certain distribution strategy right now and it'll probably come out next year, but it, it's out in the UK. It's two guys. Um, Sean Lee, who's a bass player, has got a band called Sean, Sean Lee's Ping Pong Orchestra. And this guy, Andy, who's in a couple other bands. But young, so Andy's Young Gun and, and Sean is Silver Fox. He's got really, really he looks like Jay Mascus, really long, silver hair. Um, the two of them combined have created the best yacht rock record of 1975 in 2020. It's, I mean, it sounds like if you turn on Sirius XM's yacht rock station, like Silver Fox, Young Gun Silver Fox, takes all those songs and combines them in, in a 2020 version. It's, it's awesome. Seventies inspired yacht rock. It's got that close mic drum sound. That's real warm. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> it, it's really very, good. There's, there's some R&B, a little, almost like a little Prince kind of vocal. It, it's, it's really, it's a great throwback album. Very okay. cheesy seventies, but genuine. Well, uh, Phil mentioned his band camp. I need mean, also mentioned the Extra Arms band camp. You were quite busy this year, uh, Mr. Allen. You had five releases so far between the Song Snacks Volume 1, the Treat You Good, Ryan Allen Sings the 90s, uh, the couple of singles, and the Archives release. Uh, lots of stuff to pick up. All right. At band yeah. camp. I, wow. I went a little I went a little wild this year, but I, I really got into recording at home, uh, which is probably inspired by listening to so much guided by voices but um i appreciate you bringing that up i was not going to but uh thank you and if you want to check it out extra arms.bandcamp.com extra arms okay 
Yes. <laughs> I would highly recommend, uh, I have it on uh, vinyl, thanks to Mr. Allen, but the Headache record is uh, excellent. And also the follow-up up from here. Uh, nice and short and concise and ass kicking. So uh, we we uh, su- like to su- support the folks who support us. That's what I like to say. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I don't have any more records. Jay, you got any more you didn't mention? Are you done? Come on, that Fu Manchu EP. That's good. I was. Ho- where on, where are the other ones? They're supposed to put out like three of those. I know. I know. I want more EPs. Oh, that it, it, the, the Fu Manchu, um, um, and I know it's not new, but the Fu Manchu Dead or Alive Van Halen cover. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, this has got a, what, what's the cover they do in this? Oh, yeah. It, it's a weird. Um... Oh, now I got to go look it up. But I know what you're talking about. Uh, where is it? I mean, I, I listen to anything Fu Manchu does. I just love their guitar, their guitar sound and that vibe that they have. Like I, that's just a hundred percent of my wheelhouse. Uh, Working Man by Rush. That just came out there. Okay. Oh, well, it came out in September. There's another one earlier in the year. Oh, here I know is. what you're talking about. Taking it to the streets by the Doobie yes. Brothers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's just this dirge. Yeah. Oh, geez. It's, really? And when it they is. say taking it to the streets, it's a whole other vibe. I'll just say that. No, there's, there, there's, I mean, there's been a ton, so a ton of new records. Um, but I think we, we, we got to the good ones. I think we got them all. <laughs> I think so. As, as we approach the two hour mark. Yeah. I have a long list here. I need to go start adding things to playlists. So. What was their the band Godzilla camp? band? What was the guy? What was the Godzillionaire? Godzillionaire. That sounds like a rapper. That's your that's your uh, homework assignment. Dude. Yeah, I'm, is, I'm counting the minutes for this to be over so I can. <laughs> you guys, you guys described it right, but like I feel like I heard the, like some Mark Lanigan in it too. Yeah, in the in the in the slower stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me, because Mark Hennessy definitely has that vo- voice in that range at times. So, yep. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for sharing what, uh, you were thankful for this year. This was a, um, a great roundup of, of music that was, um, released either during the year or inspired us during the year, uh, to, uh, take a few minutes to enjoy some art, which is always important. And, um, I want to remind everyone that uh you can go to uh, digmeoutpodcast.com to uh suggest an album we do it every month we review records based on those suggestions and um it's also where you go to sign up for the box newsletter which is where we keep track of all these records that come out hundreds i think there's well over 250 records that we have kept track of for this year eps singles all sorts of stuff. And we review two of them usually every week over on the box newsletter, which get posted at Patreon, which you can find us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And uh, lastly, if you like what you heard, uh, Apple Podcasts is where you go. So for the whole gang, 
and uh, myself and Jay, uh, we're done. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. See you.